And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the Avink and Leather podcast. I'm your host, Vili Klesnichenko. And I'm your host, Mark Shlahovsky. And joining us today on today's episode is a special guest named Leah Simonenko, who you may recognize as our most recent giveaway grand prize winner, our actually, actually very first giveaway that we've ever done, and our only giveaway thus far. Thus far. Thus far. Yeah, thank you. It was actually the first giveaway I ever won on Instagram. So I'm very excited to be here joining you guys on this episode today and um, for your discussion. So thank you for yeah. having me. It's a privilege. and It's an honor. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, she lives in Pittsburgh, so you know we didn't have to fly her out from an, another state or something like that. Although we could have. Yeah, we could have. We, <laughs> we could have. And that's something that's a viable option. But now we have Zoom, which most of you are familiar with, with uh you know, the quarantine now. Yeah. We would have made arrangements, but once again, coincidentally, Leah, you're here. Yeah. And we have the honor of having our friend speak today with us. Yes. The honor is mine. (laughs) So Leah, we have a question for you today. We're just going to dive straight in. What did you bring to the table? Okay. So what I brought to the table. Did you prepare? I have. I brought this jar. Nice. It's a cookie jar, but it's not full of cookies. Looks like, um, Scraps from your tax records. Yeah, she's been uh, shredding tax records, guys. She's I don't know, like, man. no, man. Shady. <laughs> what do we got here? What are these? Oh, <laughs> do you want to explain to us what you brought? Slivers um, of a recipe book. This is not a cookie jar. Love letters that you cut up. Yeah, all very, very good guesses. Um, almost there, but this is actually a collection of different wise proverbs and sayings from different countries and like different wise people and. I even keep one as a bookmark, and one of my favorite French proverbs, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet, which I got from there. I love it. Wow. Thought it tied in with our topic today. I think it does. Okay. Well, then, uh, Mark, on to you. What did you bring to the podcast (sighs) today? What did you bring to the table? It's getting a little sunny out. I think think the light has been getting brighter. Oh, it's getting a little bit too bright. Too bright? So I decided to bring sunglasses to the table today, because sometimes... The sun is a little bit too bright. Mm. Mm. I see. I see. So leave in the comments why you think I brought sunglasses to the table today. Yeah. And we'd love to see your guess. Yes. Really? So me and Leah brought something. What did you bring to the table? Obviously my iPad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. I brought something completely different. I brought a whole vault. I brought a safe. Where is it? It's Look behind not... you. It's behind this wall, actually. I don't see it. It's hiding back there. I'm just kidding. It's right here. Oh! oh! <laughs> wow, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's a safe. A, it's a thing. It's a safe. It's, you want me to hold it? It's very secure. You can try to open it. Wow. It looks a little I think, rusty. I think we need a key. Is there like a map? The is, there, is there like a treasure inside? Is there a treasure inside? Yeah, definitely. It sounds like valuable. Valuable. Valuables in there. Or I just put... You it's know, very rusty. poetry or something that I wrote or songs that are cringy or journal entries or that I ripped out of my notebook <laughs> and, yeah. and wanted to hide, for, hide from the rest of the world. Yeah, that's that's what's in there. Nobody has a, access to that. Nope, nobody but uh, the person who has a key or a very, very hot <laughs> Or anything porch. sharp. Yeah. <laughs> anything sharp will do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you may be wondering then, how do these three things, how do shredded taxes, sunglasses, and a safe tie into our conversation? Well, that's a very good question, and uh, we're going to answer that today. Our topic that we're going to be discussing today is wisdom, and uh, we're going to be answering the question, what is wisdom? From a couple of different perspectives, we will be diving Uh, into the biblical perspective of wisdom, taking a look at godly wisdom, taking a look at, you know, human wisdom, and uh, just diving straight in. So, question number one, what is wisdom? Yeah, so I guess the reason why I was so interested in this topic was reading in the Bible where it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I always thought, so what is wisdom? Why does it start with that? Um, but I think we're going to dive into the human perspective of wisdom first. Yeah, we are. Okay. Wisdom. So as we know, as we have grown up with, uh, mm-hmm. not everybody has grown up with an understanding of wisdom, but uh, wisdom has been held in high esteem for millennia. 
And you take a look at all of these different cultures and the stories that they have and the mythologies that they uh, have, and all of them are going to hold in high regard and in high esteem wisdom. Um, Greek mythology, right? Yeah, what do we have so, there? Um, there's a goddess, Athena. She was actually the goddess of wisdom and warfare, but not just warfare, but it was more strategic warfare. So it was actually like the tactic behind mm. fighting, behind conquering uh, victory. And then we also kind of look in history and not just in mythology, not just as a goddess, but wisdom was always kind of prized with people like Yaroslav the Great and... Who was Yaroslav? So he was actually... Great uh, or the wise? He was the wise. Oh, the wise. Mm. The wise. I don't know, but he was a grand prince of uh, Kievan. Sounds Polsky. like a made-up title. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's really. It can, it can, I am Mark the Wise too. You know what? I'm Mark the Wise. You sound like a wise guy. <laughs> you wise guy, huh, Tony? What did he do? So actually, they like historians um, kind of find that his role was whenever Kievan Rus was like the most prosperous. So that's whenever he kind of brought back um, religion into uh, to the Slavic culture. He kind of translated Greek manuscripts into Slavic languages. He opened uh, tons of libraries, had tons of books written. Um, he also extended the boundaries of the empire, well, kingdom, and um, at the end of his reign, he actually, his sons were fighting over the throne, so he actually um, established, like, an order, sort of like a lineage of successors, like, who would follow. Mm. So people kind of regarded him as the wise. Succession planning, he was wise. Yeah. yeah we do that in business and finance nowadays. Exactly, to avoid mm -hmm. any kind of quarrels or um, any of that, especially with family. Um, there was also Charles V of France. He's not. He doesn't necessarily have the title, the wise. Good old Charlie. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, Chuck. But he did have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chuck, Chuck the wise. <laughs> Chuck the wise. Yeah. Um, but he did um, kind of establish like a certain peace after the Hundred Years' War in France. So that's why he was considered wise. So you kind of notice that a lot of these kind of historical figures or mythological figures. Um, kind of lined up wisdom with prosperity and peace that they brought um, a calm rule over their people and that's kind of what people I guess treasured and saw as wise during that time that's awesome it's kind of interesting though I love how you uh, point out that wisdom uh, brought about prosperity like they go hand in hand kind of and that kind of uh, ties you know what we're discussing today going into like biblical wisdom we take a look at the book of proverbs and proverbs is all about that you know it talks about how wisdom through the use of wisdom you know you are able to bring prosperity into your mm -hmm. life you are able to have a good life like that so many people aim for right yeah that's right i mean so many self-help books today are aimed for people achieving like this good life like this successful life that you go from um, from nothing to becoming something, being a self-made person. And that's kind of like the wisdom of today's like modern world is being able to help yourself through knowledge and through reading these books. So my question is, uh, what does the book of Proverbs define wisdom to be? Like we're talking, uh, taking a look at this, you know, how wisdom brings about prosperity. But what does uh, Proverbs say that wisdom is? Mm-hmm. What does Proverbs say? What does Proverbs say? What does the Bible Mark. say about wisdom? And obviously, you know, we start with Proverbs. And and it's not even just in Proverbs. It's also within Psalms and and in Job. So many books. Actually, you take a look. And depending on uh, which Judeo-Christian uh, view you hold or, like, how you're going to be, what you believe in, you know, um, some people line up, you know, they're going to say that these three books are going to be the books of wisdom. In another tradition, it's going to be like uh, a different set of books, like seven different books mm -hmm. that are going to be wisdom. In like the Judeo, uh, you know, tradition, you're going to see some of these are going to fall into writings, not necessarily wisdom literature. Um, but it's interesting, like how different traditions define these different books. But all of them have something to share with us. So Proverbs. That's so, the first one we're looking and at. And once again, not even just in Proverbs, it initially says it, you know, in Psalm eleven ten. it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. And then mm -hmm. once again, it says it in Job. It says, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. 
and to burn from evil that is understanding. And then in Proverbs, where it says in chapter 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it, it, it's kind of, obviously, this segues right into what we're going to be talking about. And, you know, we're thinking about wisdom, and it's like, where do we even begin? And the Bible immediately says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? What is wisdom? What is wisdom? What is the fear of the Lord? What oh. is knowledge? <laughs> so much to unpack here. All right. You take a look at uh, Hebrew translation, you know, uh, wisdom in Proverbs. We're specifically diving in and a great resource uh, for you to look up, actually, uh, the Bible Project. If you've uh, never heard of it, I would re highly recommend you dive in. They do some really great explaining. Like it blew my mind and uh, they animate things pretty well. It's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Um, but uh, goes on to say, you know, chokhmah, this word that we have, mm -hmm. which is wisdom. We're taking a look at in Proverbs. It's saying that this is an attribute of God. It is, you know, wisdom, chokhmah walks the earth seeking, you know, for somebody, for and calling out in the streets for, you know, come and buy my wares, come and take what I have to offer you, you know. Mm -hmm. But chokhmah, uh, it is an attribute of God. And we take a look at how in Proverbs, it also goes to show that wisdom is a tool, a tool that we can use to create our life, just like an artisan would make, you know, a wall with bricks or like with a hammer. He would use that tool to build something, to craft something. Wisdom can also be used in our lives to craft something in our lives, you know, success in work, success in, you know, marriage and family and business and all these different aspects. We're taking a look at Proverbs. Proverbs mm -hmm. is full of advice and wise sayings, right? And things to guide us. Yeah, that's why I love the book of Proverbs because it just brings life into like such a positive aspect that you can do all this, like you can have this success in your life in any aspect as long as you focus on wisdom and with this like mysterious thing that you need to kind of chase after, um, kind of pursue. I love it. You're you're all about the proverbs, huh? Oh, I love. Yeah, proverbs, with uh, with your jar of proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely my favorite book of the Bible, like Psalm, Proverbs, definitely Proverbs. Like I don't know, it's just like I try <laughs> to read a chapter every day. It is, I don't know, it's just so good. You always receive something for yourself. Always something to think about. Because even if you look at these sayings, there's always like a deeper meaning behind what it is, behind what is said in the book. Like there's always like ways that you can look at it from different perspectives, mm -hmm. kind of find something new. Yeah. So that's why I love the complexity. The of complexity. Proverbs. And it shows the complexity of human life as mm -hmm. well. No, it's definitely interesting, even talking about different perspectives and how, and, you know, oftentimes Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job kind of give these different perspectives you know we see in proverbs and how it gives the perspective you know life is good obviously you know seeking wisdom that is good and then we dive into ecclesiastes where it's like okay things aren't always in our control mm -hmm. and then it wraps it up pretty decently it wraps up perfectly with job where it's like at the end of the day who are we to question god and whom has all the control you know yeah. and once again, it's so easy for us to focus on ourselves as humans and how easy it is to put ourselves above on the pedestal. But who is the creator of this whole entire universe, you know? Who is the most wise and who has created us? And it's God. And that's why the fear of the Lord, this reverence for God, mm -hmm. this seriousness that we should have for God is the beginning of wisdom. So it's almost like wisdom is like this lifestyle. It's like the way you live your life, like whether you live it in the pursuit of God, of keeping um, like the commandments that God has set out. And by following these instructions, like through these little sayings, these little proverbs that kind of tell you, like kind of open up, you know, in life, if a person offends you or if you do this or you think about extending the boundary, like don't do it. And it kind of shows you like it's like a way of right living, mm -hmm. right standing before God. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So. 
good standing with God. Wisdom is a way of life. I love how you said that. Mm -hmm. um, it's an attribute of God, but it is a way for us to live our lives. And Proverbs has been guiding us and telling us that, you know, if you live your life according to wisdom, if you use wisdom to shape your life, then all will go well with you, right? Yeah. According to Proverbs, yeah? According to Proverbs. According to Proverbs. You got a smirk on your face. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking there's a little bit more to the story, though. Huh? No, it's it's <laughs> even just even digging into that specifically in, in Proverbs and saying that those who are seeking wisdom and, and counsel, you know, everything will, you know, things will go well. And then those who hate knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel, which is wisdom. And therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way have their own desires and but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and, and will be at ease without dread of disaster so it looks like there's two kinds of people there that you're uh, um, defining right there those who value wisdom and uh, a specific type of wisdom the godly wisdom and versus those who don't which you know Hey, that's a ties thing. right in. It's a <laughs> thing. Yeah. Why I brought the safe, you know, so what do we typically put into a safe? We're going to put our most valued possessions, you know, like we're going to put money, we're going to put gold, jewels, yeah. silver, whatever things that we don't want other people touching or things yeah. that we don't want, you know, people stealing because we treasure it. Exactly. We treasure it. We treasure it. But and then we take a look at Proverbs, two places that I want to put uh, Proverbs 811. And it says wisdom is better than jewels. All you desire cannot compare with her. Mm -hmm. And then point. Proverbs sixteen sixteen. How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's almost like nothing in this world can ever compare to the lifestyle that wisdom brings. You know, the riches and honor, um, the good reputation that comes along with it. It's not necessarily about this materialistic um, things that people tend to strive towards, like these jewels, these rubies, things that we count as precious in our humanly wisdom, mm -hmm. but rather striving for more in our in our day to day life. Okay. How much do people value wisdom? How much do people value wisdom? That brings me yep. to another uh, Norse, actually going right. to mythology, you know. Uh, back into it. Back into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, all these cultures hold wisdom in high regard. Now, uh, according to Norse mythology, there is a god of wisdom uh, called Odin, mm -hmm. yeah? And he was... He is shown as this figure who is a wanderer. He is a traveler, and he's going across, like, all the worlds and searching to know it all. He's, like, has this thirst for wisdom. And there's this one story which uh, stands out like in his, I guess, uh, mythology. Mm. He goes and in order to gain wisdom, he had to sacrifice one of his eyes in order to receive like this all-knowing wisdom to be known as the, the God of wisdom. Yeah. And he gives it up. And the, that's the price that he paid. That's how much he valued wisdom. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever give up an eye no. yeah. for that. Like... I'm glad I can read Proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> but no eyeballs for no wisdom. No eyeballs, no hands, no... Ah, you don't yeah. value wisdom? Yeah. No, obviously there are those who... I pick who, my battles. You pick yeah. your battles. You pick yeah. your battles. There are those who value wisdom, you know, higher than others. That's an interesting uh, thing that we point out here. Why do some people value wisdom more than others do? Mm. And, like, what kind of wisdom are we talking about here? You know, obviously, if you were raised in um, as a Christian, you've been told your whole life that, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, you know, lay up treasures for yourself, you know, uh, seek wisdom above riches, above gold, above silver, right? Above mm. more precious than rubies. But what if you were not raised in that? Like, do you esteem wisdom as highly? Do people esteem wisdom? Do people esteem wisdom? I feel like people might esteem like the fruits of wisdom that are written about like success, you know, having a good life, having this safety, this prosperity. I think that people treasure that, but they don't necessarily maybe go back to the source, which is wisdom mm. or understand it in a different, sorry, in a different way. Mm. So like that attribute kind of God that we were saying, wisdom is the attribute of God. And, you know, it's still tying everything back to him mm -hmm. who is the source, right? Yeah. 
And so we're saying that some people will try to have the attribute without yeah, without God, without the creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what we get today when we take a look at like all the self-help books and everything else that we have out there? People are still striving for something, searching for something, mm-hmm. looking for something. Yeah, fulfillment. Fulfillment mm-hmm. in purpose. Which I think brings us, it's a great segue into the next book that we want to dive into. Mm-hmm. Which is... Yes. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. So actually to introduce, it's interesting to see how we jump from such a positive, uplifting book that is Proverbs. And then, you know, you come into Ecclesiastes and like one of the first verses (laughs) that you read in this chapter is, I thought the dead who are already dead more fortunate than the living who are still alive. Yet better than both is he who has not been born and has not seen the evil deeds done Mm -hmm. under the sun. So it already takes on this like depressive tone and you're thinking you know Solomon like who hurt you like yeah why are you so like you know there's no joy there's no life it's like so even just digging into it's it's so funny like even just digging into Ecclesiastes and um it says the words of the preacher or uh Kocheleth mm-hmm. somebody who speaks out to a crowd yeah. or the preacher um there is in Ecclesiastes there is one who is speaking and then one who is you know writing it down the author uh we have you know we we have yet to know like truly so we have two two people we have two people and even even with uh the person who is speaking um they label it as koheleth which we just automatically well some some say that it could be a descendant of david it's generally assumed that it is solomon because mm-hmm. it is the words of the preacher the son of david king in jerusalem mm-hmm. and we know that solomon is a descendant of david mm-hmm. and it's he was known to be as the wisest and he was known to be king. the wisest which is interesting because in proverbs he's telling us all these fantastic things of wisdom and then in ecclesiastes he's then saying you know um vanity of vanities all is vanity and he's and in verse 16 i have said in my heart i have acquired great wisdom surpassing all who were over jerusalem before me and i applied my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly i perceived that this is also but a striving after wind so almost and meaningless almost like he's saying yeah and it's like in some translations yeah in some translations in which we'll get into that real quick here in a bit but regardless it goes from proverbs where he's saying that wisdom and is all the be key all. All, yeah. and all be all mm-hmm. and in ecclesiastes he's like i perceive that this is all but a striving after win yeah it takes like a completely different you know like a 180 turn right there and he's telling us all that uh he told us in proverbs he's like ah actually you know what According to Ecclesiastes here, according to mm-hmm. this uh, teacher, you know, everything is vanity. Everything is dust. Uh, there's a great word, actually, uh, when we translate, you know, uh, hevel mm-hmm. that is used. And the word hevel actually means vapor. Now, like a lot From of translations, Hebrew, right? yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of translations were go- are translating it into English as meaningless which is not it's not it's not there saying. but it's not yeah. quite there what he's it's trying not to fully un- express like getting to it's that a meaning beautiful metaphor though it yeah. is he's saying that like this is a vapor all of this you're chasing after it but like Hevel is a vapor you know it's there it's beautiful to look at but like mm-hmm. you try to grasp it you can't it's not something solid and it changes and yeah it's gone i love how it's like even in the bible project which you guys have already seen mm-hmm. they described hevel once again as this vapor but also in the sense that vapor seems to take some kind of form you're like oh okay you know this is taking some kind of form you try to grasp it, it goes right between your fingers and once again going to hevel and he's saying that this is also all this wisdom is just a striving after the wind so why does he like take this dual perspective here in ecclesiastes like why does he have this teacher and then like the author like what's what's he doing there what is he doing there yeah i feel like the first person like the teacher is kind of just like breaking you down he's kind of discouraging you about life that there is no purpose life is hevel but it also, I think you mentioned that he said, I sought out the wisdom of man, the wisdom of mankind, and it is foolishness, it is yeah. folly. So, so it's almost wisdom without God. 
So he's seeking to like flip your worldview completely upside down, turn everything that you have seen yeah. and uh, that you're, you've understood so far to mm. well, actually, you know, nothing. I love it because in a way, you know, it gives you the things that like people are always thinking about, you know, like, okay, you want to think of the views of this world? Like, here you go. This is what it's like at the end of the day, you know, six feet into the grave, you're not going to be able to bring all the stuff that you're toiling under the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only, oh, wait a second, <laughs> the sunglasses. And he literally puts you into the perspective of this under the sun mentality, where it's like the things of this world, the things that we try and strive so, so much for on this earth. Like at the end of the day, you know, there's a time for everything. There's a person, there's a time for to be born and a time, time to, to die. die. And within a hundred years, nobody's going to be really even remembering your name. The world was here long before we were on it, and nobody remembers those that were here. And those that are here today will not be remembered by those who will come after. Exactly. He goes to say, man. So, like, is he contradicting himself here? Because, like, he says one thing in Proverbs. He's saying, you know, like, if you live according to wisdom, if you live according to the fear of the Lord, you are going to add, you know, prosperity to yourself. You're going to do well in marriage and all these other things. Ecclesiastes, he's saying that, oh, actually... It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Is is like what's he? So I mean, that's why a lot of you know a lot of scholars brings up the book of Ecclesiastes because of its contradictory nature. Um, and although it is contradictory, like he's still bringing us under this under the sun mentality and the things of this world. And then all throughout Ecclesiastes, he puts us in this perspective. But then the author brings it back down at the very at the very end, and he's saying. You know, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge and going into fearing God and all these things, although it's, you know, wisdom and seeking this out under the sun, although it's it's meaningless, we still need to have this fear of the Lord and remembering our creator with everything. Hmm. Yeah. So life in its own is kind of meaningless because whenever we die, it's our spirit that lives on. It's our spirit that rejoins with God. And so whatever we plant in our life towards eternity is what's going to count. But kind of what people try to strive for in success here, building a life here, it's all going to fade away. It's not going to matter. And I think that that is kind of what he's alluding to, that in the end, everything you're trying to build here is going to, it's it's smoke. It's going to disappear. You think it's so important right now because you're just caught in the midst of it. But in reality, it's not going to matter in the future. That's one perspective there. But then like what Mm -hmm. I think he's actually getting at here is that, you know, Proverbs was more simplistic, right? You like uh, one plus one equals two. You know, he's giving us like a set almost uh, formula that like, hey, you follow. Yeah, no, 100%. He's you follow the law. You do things well. You strive, you know, like you fear God. And you will have prosperity. But then Ecclesiastes is going to say that, well, you know, it's not that simple. Actually, you know, like not always are the righteous rewarded. Yeah. Not it's. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? What's that place in scripture? Do you have it for what specifically Uh, where he's talking about, you know, like how the righteous are uh, meet their end and like how they die. And the those who um, are the wicked, they Oh, have their days prolonged. Oh, it's, it's, oh I think it's, it's um, chapter seven. Ecclesiastes yeah, you have that? seven. Yeah. yeah. So in my vain life, I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his evil doing. Be not overly righteous, and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? And be not overly wicked. Neither be a fool. Why should you do before your time? Um. Yeah. Yeah, and it is good that you should take hold of this, and from that withhold not your hand, for the one who fears God shall come out from both of them. Man, that's that's interesting. It, <sighs> yeah, really quickly going from all the things that we're reading in Proverbs to this. It's not that simple because yeah. sometimes, it, and you do see this, you know, like that's the way that life goes. And that's what the perspective uh, the author and the teacher are trying to give to us here that you could live your whole life according to, you know, these laws. You can do everything well. And you could still life not is unpredictable. Yeah, life is unpredictable. It is like that vapor. You think it's forming in one shape and you've done A plus B. You're going to expect to get C. But suddenly, like you get a whole different thing. 
you've been living righteously and you are punished for it like every step of the way you know your children are against you or you know like your business fails everything is just gone and the wicked are going to be like rewarded oftentimes we see this too people who are evading their taxes right we're thinking man here we are paying our taxes and things like that we are law-abiding citizens and like we get hit with these things like we bear the brunt of everything of society there are those who are hiding things in their corporations and so forth you know mm -hmm. like in uh shell corporations and things they get away with murder almost and it's like how no, yeah it's, how is that even it brings it back into like the simplicity that sometimes you know good things happen to good people or good bad things happen to good people and then good things happen to bad people and it's like what what exactly is going on here so is he saying that like this is all vanity this is all dust um so like you shouldn't like live according to proverbs no not necessarily and even even just within Ecclesi ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 14 that you know even whenever things don't go our way in the day of prosperity be joyful and in the day of adversity consider god has made the one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. So like, despite the things that, you know, despite the things that might go against us, you know, we should still be trusting God above everything else yeah. in the day of prosperity and the day of adversity as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like he ends off, so he does end off Proverbs there. Uh, sorry, not Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Yeah. yeah. He ends it off and uh, like you said, the, the teacher has turned your worldview upside down, but um, the author finishes it off and he's saying that, you know what, although life is not as simple as Proverbs may make it out to be, you know, although that there are, there may be challenges, although, you know, you may face adversity, all of these things are good and you should with gladness receive both prosperity and adversity. And he mentions it's all gifts from the Lord. All gifts yeah. from the Lord. Yeah. That's interesting. So like he's teaching us to take life with an open hand kind of you know expect that the lord giveth the lord taketh away right mm -hmm. as uh foreshadowing yeah. into our next book but uh mm -hmm. that perspective he's still nodding to proverbs like okay this is this is right even so even though things may not go the way that you expect them to this is still the way to live because at the end of time, you know, we will all face judgment as we he all says, will face judgment. Everything comes on. And under no matter judgment. how much we try, how much we strive at the end of the day, things aren't in our control. We can't change what will happen tomorrow or for somebody else, but through it all mm -hmm. to always be trusting God in the mm -hmm. day of prosperity and the day of and adversity. What we can control is if we're keeping God's commandments, like he says in the end, mm -hmm. you know, fearing God, keeping his commandments and remembering that in your youth. Yeah, true. I love it. Love so it, even though it, we it. might not be able to con control life's unpredictability, we, what we can control is the way that we behave, the way that we act. We behave the way that we act, and at the and at the end of the day, it's that sounds on, kind of redundant. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, it depends on it depends on our um, once again our fear of the Lord, this reverence that we have for God. Although some may say like, hey, like I wasn't born with wisdom. Like, how can I be this wise old man or whatever? But the Bible specifically says in Proverbs chapter two, that if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as treasures, you know, like you brought your fault. If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And then it says at the very end, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treasures will be rooted out of it. So at the end of the day, it does what we can control is our willingness to come to the fear of the Lord, our reverence to God, you know. And then if we're seeking this out, then he will, he will open it up, and then we will begin to have this understanding of the fear of the Lord. And then the, God will give us wisdom. Mm -hmm. And if we look at Job's life, we can see that, um, you know, in the beginning, we see that Job was a very successful, he was a man, he was considered rich um, for his timing, he was a very prosperous, and I think it even mentions that he was the richest man, like, during his time, um, 
diving Very right bad. in, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, five stars. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. Come on. So, once again, in the day of prosperity, you and know, in the day of adversity, and in the day of adversity, who is the perfect example? Job. 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 So we dive right in, and we see who is Job. Job, as Leo has already started to mention, was this character that we see in the Bible who was alive. Uh, and he was a rich, a prosperous man, and you could say that he was a righteous man. Would you say so? Yeah, because it does mention that he would bring um, offerings to God uh, for the sins of his children, for his family. Um, to make sure that they were in right standing with God. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he was a person that already had the fear of the Lord, you could say, right? And like he was already living righteously, and we see God gathers his counsel, right? And he says, look upon my servant, Job. He's essentially like, it's kind of like a jeweler. You know, he's closing up shop and a thief comes in and he's like, oh, hey, I'm here to steal from you. And he's like, oh, have you seen this jewel right here? Yeah. Let's see if you could steal it. This council gathers and um, we see that there comes into this heavenly realm, mm -hmm. uh, the Satan. The Satan. The so Satan. one who is opposed, opposed, mm -hmm. yeah, as it defines, um, one who is opposed, it comes and he says, you know what? Hey, well, of course, like he's going to be your good servant. Of course, he's going to be, you know, like bringing these offerings and everything to you because you have prospered his hand. So like he's figured out the formula to life, you know, like press one, press two, and you'll get outcome three, you know, mm -hmm. A plus B equals C. And then he's saying, like, if you allow me to take everything from him, if you allow, you know, something bad to happen, you will see he's going to curse you. Mm. And we see that the story develops. The, uh, the Lord says to him, yeah, go. Okay, just do not harm him. So what happens? He goes. He, goes. Mm -hmm. he takes away all of his sons and daughters. He takes away his livestock, his servants, yeah. everything. Can you imagine that? Like to obviously, you know, there's this whole gathering and then God, he points to Job. He's like looking at Job. He's like, have you considered my, my servant Job? Like, can you imagine that? You know, obviously he picks Job because of his just reverence for God, because, you know, he trusts in God and ev within everything. Can you imagine that? Like even today where it's like God's like, you know, have you considered my servant Vili or have you considered my servant Leah? And how, like, having that reverence for God, you know, out of all the people, God's like, have you considered this guy right here? And obviously opening up for Job, have you considered my servant Job? And that's because Job lived the, through the way of the Lord. So we see what happens to him. Like, he was living Proverbs for, like, the first half of chapter one, and then suddenly uh -oh. Ecclesiastes <laughs> hits Job. Yeah. Uh, so God points, points this out. And what happens? Like everything is taken away, complete devastation, complete despair comes upon Job, you know, and still, you know, like even though all his possessions, possessions, God bless you, possessions, pop filters, pop filters, possessions are taken away. He still does not. I'm having a difficult. He still does not curse God. Does not curse God, even though. His wife tells him to do so at a certain point in time, you know, uh, because like further on, we see that the test even goes greater. The test goes even deeper even because deeper the Satan goes, hey, he's like, okay, well, let's let's strike his health now. Yeah. He still hasn't cursed, but like, okay, yeah. let's watch, watch, watch. Starts We're gonna... off with his property and children, then he yeah. starts to attack with his health. He's and so we see like as the story develops, he's now sitting in the ashes. He's like scraping himself with a shard of pottery. Oh like, yeah, he's lamenting oh, his birth. Man. He did. He cursed yeah. the day of his birth. Yeah. Very Ecclesiastes. Like. Very Ecclesiastes. Yeah. It's better to be not even born. <laughs> let the day yeah, perish the on which uh, Job three verse three. Let the day perish on which I was born in the night that said a man is conceived. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. God, so so absolutely, I mean, he's absolutely destroyed it mm -hmm. this, with, you know, with himself and with a lot of different things. But yet, he does not curse God. And his friends come, right? Mm -hmm. And they're coming and pointing out like, hey, listen, no, you probably have like some deep-rooted sin right here. You did something bad no, for a, to for a whole, have yeah. God 
like come and there's a whole bunch of Hebrew po poetry that they really just yeah, dissect deep. into Job's life. Deep Hebrew poetry, yeah, deep. like as you're reading through it, it's very dense, but just like so it, dense. it's it's beautiful. And this conversation goes on for chapters on mm -hmm. chapters. Um, and so we think initially that Job is taking this well, right? Yeah. Actually, like, whenever I first read this, uh, these chapters with his friends, I thought, man, his friends are actually saying some pretty wise things. Like, like this could be like what they're saying is actually like quite nice like i would want friends like this to like help me out you know point stuff out even though sometimes they do <laughs> kind of bring him down but whenever i first read i was like i don't see like what is what are they saying that's so wrong because i think i was looking at it from like the human wisdom the human perspective like what they were saying was they were trying to help out you know maybe there is this hidden fault that you have this sin that you have karma not best you yeah know? and you would think that what they are saying is right it's not. Yeah. Well, later on, we go to see that, uh, like, when God answers Job, and after all of this, you know, uh, his friends are rebuked, actually, and they actually yeah. have to talk to Job. So Job offers a sacrifice for them in order for them to be made righteous. Yeah. You know, because, like, Job remained righteous through it all. But going back to, like, towards the beginning, you know, how does he take it? He's taking it really well initially. God is still good. And yet he's going through this like roller coaster now where he's like thinking on one hand that God is good. And then the next he's down and he's saying, God, why? Like, why is this happening to me? He's questioning him and he's saying, God, answer me. And w like we see that towards the end of uh, Job, God comes down. God actually talks to Job. God answers him. But it's nothing that yeah. you would expect. He does, but then he doesn't. Yeah. So he gives, he replies, mm -hmm. but he doesn't give answer. Yeah. You could say. Um, when he comes down, like in the storm, and he comes and faces Job, and he says to Job, hey, brace yourself like a man. You will answer me now. Yeah. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. Not in the way that we would expect him to. No. He doesn't explain. You're, you know, you're not going to be like, well, Job, listen. Listen, because this is why. Yesterday, you tripped your neighbor's cow. No, it's not It's not necessarily, <laughs> like it's not necessarily yeah. explicit. Not he doesn't, even, yeah. you know, doesn't describe doesn't, like, hey, this is a testing for you. But boom, he just he shows just completely questions Job and he starts to ask him this, you know, like, okay, do you understand? Who are you, you know, to question me? He's kind of putting Job yeah. in his place. He's saying, dress for, yeah, dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God? And can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with majesty. Basically just showing him behemoth and like all these, you He's know. going and like going to the very <sighs> foundations of time. He's like, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Were you there when I placed the stars, hung them in the skies? Were you there when I like made the constellations, the sun, the moon, when I made like the tides, like on the earth and how, you know, the turtles and everything else goes on, mm -hmm. you know, goes on to say how all of these systems he's in control of all of this and yeah. he was there from the very beginning and prior to the beginning and, and he's saying that like he knows this intimately he is intimate with all of this and he's asking job like what do you know mm -hmm. who are like who are you to question the one who's created you know the behemoth the leviathan and all these great things yeah. and what do we see job do yeah. i shut my mouth he says he's like you're right you know in all of this, I cannot begin to fathom. Mm -hmm. Like my wisdom is nowhere compared to yours. My wisdom is foolishness compared to, you know, the wisdom of God. Yeah. And what's so interesting is, you know, like at the end of his life, after all of this goes on, God blesses Job. Mm -hmm. And we don't Restores know. Restores like, his yeah, good fortunes. Sevenfold, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, he has sons and daughters again. He has, like, all the servants. He has, you know, the fields, the yeah, sheep, all the livestock. Everything is restored to him, multiplied. And this isn't because, like, he passed the test. God, in his good wisdom, decided that, you know what? I'm going to give Job a gift. Yeah. It's not because he passed a test. Yeah. <laughs> After all these things that God showed him, Job is still like, wow, 
he just like absolutely silences himself and then in 40 in chapter 42 he says i know that you can do all things and then no purpose of yours can be thwarted and he lives out the rest of his life as this wise man that like is weathered you know by experience yeah. he went through this like huge thing of loss of devastation of despair yeah. and he has learned from it now you know like no matter what comes no matter what happens whether it be good whether it be bad going back to ecclesiastes you know uh the day, day of, of adversity as well as the day of prosperity yeah. you know those two god has made them both equal yeah. but like he's addressing you know what's our attitude towards it how are we living our lives like what are we still going to have joy are we still able to live our life you know according to that fear of the lord like job had and like job ends up with it's easier said than done you it know is. obviously a lot of times we want to have this 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 wisdom in times of adversity and and going through these different things but then like once we actually start to have our waters tested and all these different things going through a certain trial then it's like oh man like what's happening now and then we don't we don't run to god you know and I just love the book of Job and how he definitely saw both Proverbs. It was definitely more like Proverbs and, and you know, having a day of prosperity and then Ecclesiastes and then and going through a day of adversity as well. And it's yeah, like a combination of the two. Yeah. Beautifully tied up. Beautifully tied up. Yeah. And then God at the end of, you know, at the end of Job brings himself and it's saying, who are you to question me, you know? And we talk about all this wisdom. And think about just how much wisdom our God has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, where it say says, that? in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, and how inscrutable are his ways, you know? His infinite knowledge is something that, you know, we will never truly grasp. And it's it's so, we're still here on this earth and we're so confined within, mm -hmm. you know, our understanding of God, our understanding of wisdom. But then, you know, Paul is writing in Romans chapter 11, verse 33. He's saying, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. And notice, and this is also from um, a sermon by John Piper, where he's saying, you know, Paul could have written, you know, the heights or, you know, this or that, but he decides to write specifically, um, even just this keyword, oh, like to bring the absolute reverence, like the absolute depth, like, you know, God's, God's riches and wisdom and understanding is deep. Mm -hmm. It's very deep. And once again, e even in our, oh, we're so, we're so wise in our vast understanding, uh, which at the end of the day, like, it's great and all, but we barely even scratch the surface mm -hmm. of God. We think we have it all figured out. We think Only we to realize it. that we, we really don't. That we really don't. No. That we really don't. And it's crazy to see, you know, jo uh, God open up to Job and absolutely lay out all these different things. Um, and how much more, you know, the wisdom of God will become known to us even after this life and extend past eternity. Like, right now we can only know so much. And then obviously when we die, we send it to heaven. And there, we'll continuously learn more and more about mm -hmm. God we and the wisdom the of God. the surface here and not even the surface. And I just love it because it's like God shows his wisdom in everything to do. Like, everything that we see. Like, the wisdom that he has in, even in just even creating us, you know? All these different things that we see around us he's a wise creator um, and it's it's just it's just awesome and at least I just love the word oh oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God he's stuck on oh yeah. no it's I like know but it's it, fascination you know? mm -hmm. it does show fascination yeah. no honestly and it's something that we need to have in our lives once again going back into the fear of the Lord fascination the reverence the reverence yeah don't be flippant yeah. with the holy with the sacred yeah yeah so in the end you know true wisdom it is like this as we talked about like this right standing before god 
that no matter what life brings us, no matter how unpredictable, whether we do good and expect something good to come out of it, but instead it's not what we imagined, that we continue to honor God, we continue to seek Him, and that is like what will come. It's like wisdom. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I know, definitely. No matter whether you are handed good or whether you are handed bad from the human perspective, mm-hmm. your attitude towards it. Yeah. If you still revere God, if you have that fear of God, all will go well with you. Maybe not from the way that we understand it or the way that we want it to be success, prosperity, and all these things multiplied to us, right? Mm-hmm. But what we value more is God himself. What we value more is having him there that we will not lose. Yeah. And obviously, I know, like, this is wrapping up pretty nicely, but also at the end of the day, to not be wise in our own eyes, you know, um, which we may have already touched on, but at the end of the day, like, not to put ourselves a past on the, on the pedestal. Um, and in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Yeah. So, blessed is the one who finds wisdom, gains understanding. And it all starts with the fear of the Lord. This reverence for mm-hmm. God. Reverence. To keeping his commandments. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you, look for wisdom. Seek it as if it were gold, because it's more precious than gold and fine jewels. Seek that wisdom. Seek the fear of the Lord, and you will have found it. I can't say prosperity, but you will have it. You will have it. You will have it. No, of course. Yeah. Well, it's been an honor, Leah, uh, having you on the podcast. Thank Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm by no means an expert, but I did enjoy. Neither are we, but we have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did learn a lot. So that's good. I'm your host, Vili Klesmanchenko. And I'm your host, Mark Shlohovsky. And our guest, Leah. Leah Semenenko. Thank you for tuning in. And signing off. Signing off. That was good, Nick. That was good. <laughs> Do you think about to die? Oh, for real? <laughs>